Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the audio outreach ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. I'll be preaching from Job 39, verses 13 through 18. So if you want to start digging, digging around and finding that, that would be great. It's good. It says, The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are they the pinions and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beast may trample them. She deals cruelly with her own young, as if they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear, because God has made her forget wisdom and given her no share in understanding." When she rouses herself to flee, she laughs at the horse and his rider. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful uh, that you're with us today. God, that your presence is known in our lives, uh, not just as we gather together as a congregation, Lord, but even if we find ourselves walking alone on this earth, your presence is with us. And uh, Lord, I, I pray today for this message. God, it's uh, ridiculously um, causes tension. And uh, Lord, it's, it's a much needed message for our world today, for our church today. And, and Lord, might it inspire us to live gospel lives in this dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Uh, it says, it's great. Before I get started, I received a phone call a couple of weeks ago here at the church. And uh, someone says, How, uh, where does your church stand on the vote that's coming up in Ohio? And I, and I thought there was a, that was a stupid question. I thought it was a really stupid question. Because uh, he said, there's no signs in your yard that, that says where your church stands or what you preach. As far as life is concerned. And I, and I thought about that. And isn't it crazy that the word Christian is no longer synonymous with pro-life? Isn't it sad that our sign that says free Christian would still leave a question mark in somebody's mind as to what we believe? So, uh, that being said, there is no doubt in my mind that we living in America are right now under the wrath of God. We are. You can say what you want to about this great nation, but we are enemies of God. Nothing in Scripture describes our current state any better than Romans 1, verses 28 through 32. And I, just, I, I know you've heard it. I just want to read it for you again. It says, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. 
full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die, not, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. In the book of Job, God is touring Job through his amazing creation. And in our opening scripture, God pauses with Job on the ostrich. I'm pretty sure I'm the only pastor in America today that has the word ostrich in his sermon title. But there's a tragic resemblance between the ostrich described in Scripture and the current movement we see happening in America today. In fact, throughout Scripture, the ostrich is identified with a deserted land or a wasteland. It's always related to a desolate place, a scene uh, where there is a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. So I want to take the next few moments and describe for you the modern day ostrich. It's a large bird that weighs up to 300 pounds and stands nearly six feet tall. It has one of the largest wingspans each wing housing two claws at each tip, yet with this great wingspan, the ostrich cannot fly. Since they cannot fly, they use their legs to escape predators and trouble. This is pretty interesting. Female ostriches will lay eggs in a dirt nest that has been prepared by the male ostrich. Multiple females will use the same nest, but typically the last female to lay the eggs is the dominant female, and she will roll and kick out many of the previously laid eggs to the outside of the nest. This has the effect on ensuring that the o- only the dominant female genes will be passed down to the next generation. The female and male will periodically take turns incubating the primary eggs with no attention paid to the surrounding eggs. So among the eggs that are incubated, many are lost and broken in the dirt nest. When ostriches with chicks encounter other ostriches with chicks, there is this competition and the winner takes the loser's chicks. So in order to defend itself, the ostrich will often flap its wings and make loud noises. It'll kick its legs and scream. Now, have we not just described the feminist movement of America? Have we not? I asked my dad this week, what do you call a gathering of female ostriches? The view. We'll cut that out of TV and radio. (laughs) 
Women are created as the most nurturing of the two sexes. Amen? In fact, if it were up to men, our children would live in dirty clothes and a steady diet of toast and chipped beef gravy. It's the nature of the woman, right? They are created to sacrifice. They are created to be affectionate and caring and comforting. In the natural progression of life, uh, the mother 100% of the time is the first home, the first shelter, the first source of nutrition for a child. But my, how our world resembles the ostrich. You can call it whatever you want to. You can call it a woman's rights. You can call it pro-choice. You can call it reproductive rights. Say, in my body, my choice. The truth is the world's demand for abortion has fashioned the God-given reproductive gift of women into the murderous desire to become like an ostrich. Isaiah 34, 13 speaks of the aspects of a covenant curse. It says, thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nettles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals and abode for ostriches. But judgment can be replaced. Judgment can be replaced with salvation. The thorns and the nettles can be uprooted, and in their place, the great cypress can grow. Where the Bible describes as majestic birds fly in to nest. Isaiah 55, 13, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. We don't have to stay where we are. We don't have to live in this judgment any longer. But right now, the projection of our country, of our nation, sounds more like what we find in Lamentations 4.3. It says this, even jackals offer the breast. They nurse their young, but the daughter of my people has become cruel like the ostriches in the wilderness. Lamentations 4.10 the hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children. They became their own food during the destruction of my people. And finally, we see judgment in Lamentations 4.11. It says, the Lord gave full vent to his wrath. He poured out his hot anger and he kindled a fire in Zion that consumed its foundations. You know, it's bad enough for a mother to leave her children exposed to the unknowns of this world. But even the way of the ostrich isn't evil enough for the depraved minds of America. It's too much grace for people to just throw their children to the streets where they could at least have some chance of survival through a foster care system or adoption. 
Instead of abandonment like the wicked, cruel, selfish, forgetful ostrich of the desolate land, we go one step lower. We demand the right to go one step lower, stooping to unfathomable levels of evil, and we pay the beast to destroy our young. America's depravity has made the beast that crushes our young, the vulnerable, the powerless, a billion-dollar industry that in turn funds our politicians, influences our elections and education system, empowers our entertainment industry, and it ultimately instructs to worship the creature rather than the creator. But this evil is no new thing. Throughout scripture we read about what evil people do to unborn children. When an Israelite town did not surrender to an evil king in 2 Kings, the Bible says he ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. Hosea prophesied that Samaria uh, shall bear her guilt, their pregnant shall be ripped open. The Ammonites were guilty because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead that they might enlarge their border. This evil has been consistent since the fall of man because Satan has been consistent since the fall. One of the problems is the church has not been consistent. We seem to understand this issue, and it drives me absolutely insane, as solely a political issue. We're extremely passionate when it's on the ballot, but we're all too quiet before and after. So we become politically charged over this, and then when we have conversation or discussion, it happens by heat rather than by light. So then we have emotions instead of logic. We have feelings instead of truth, and in that, no one ever wins. No one ever wins. We always end up right back in the same place, maybe just more divided. So we think that if we could just convince people that this is a child, then they would stop. No, they would not stop. They'll admit that it is a human being. They will absolutely admit that. They just don't want it. That's the truth. It's an inconvenience to their God, who is themselves. To them, it's an unwanted human being. Therefore, they put a, a value on that life of zero. That's Nazi Germany. That is absolute Nazi Germany. The further we get from God, the more unreasonable these people become. What blows my mind in my, in my research, I found uh, that there is a law uh, that prevents the abuse of goldfish. 
In, in the United States of America, there is a law that in Massachusetts that bans people from passing out goldfish at fairs. A document from the law says this. It's to protect the tendency to dull humanitarian feelings and corrupt the morals of those who abuse them. The goldfish, not humans. But the truth is, we can't defeat this until we understand what it truly is. Until we understand the root of the problem and deal with it at its core. And I don't mean murder. We all know it's murder. They all know it's murder. So I don't want to stand up here today and just regurgitate labels and statistics to you. Because I think the church needs awakened to the real solution that goes beyond the ballot box. The only newly original life that comes into this world in the image of God is man. The only creation of God that lives forever is man. And every single human being comes into this world the same way as a baby. Even Jesus came that way. God himself. So Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Therefore, a baby is unique among God's creation, having both a physical body and a soul or spirit. So having the image or likeness of God, it means that we were made to resemble God. We are created as a demonstration of God's glory. So what is abortion? Abortion is the assault of God's glory in creation. The truth is, that's our starting point. That's what we have to realize, is this is all about a world that hates God. And they want to destroy anything that resembles him. As the forceps are shoved into the back of the neck of a nine-month-old child in the womb and its brains are sucked through a tube or as the arms and the legs are pulled from a tiny, helpless body, not only are they murdering a child, but they are unsuccessfully trying to remove God and rob him of his glory. Sadly, abortion is the primary mark of this time period. If God permits time to go long enough that they write history books about us, this will be the mark of our generations. Abortion is mercilessly violent. 
children with heartbeats, children with brainwaves and nervous systems that allow them to feel pain are literally torn to pieces. And 93% of all those abortions are performed on healthy moms and healthy children. Less than 1% are performed because of rape or incest. And, and, in, and in that, here's the thing, two wrongs don't make a right. Two, two wrongs don't make a right. The number of children killed by abortion every year dwarfs the Holocaust. Approximately 3,300 children are killed by abortion every day in the United States. So as Americans, we kill 1.2 million children every year. And those are the ones that are reported. The World Health Organization estimates between 40 and 50 million children are killed around the world by abortion. 125,000 a day. It needs to be called out. It absolutely needs to be called out by name. It needs to be confessed by name, but not that alone, okay? This is why you're here today, is to hear this part of the message right here. It must be brought under a gospel that declares there is no forgiveness for the shedding of innocent blood except by the the shedding of innocent blood, These people don't need just a better political stance. They need Jesus. As Christians, we have to care about both suffering now and eternal suffering. So yes, absolutely vote for life. But don't just stop there. Live for life. Speak for life, sacrifice for life, invest in life, lay your life down for life, preach for life's sake. So how do we win this? How do we win this fight, not with the sword of our tongue, but with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? What can change a life? What can shatter the darkness and uproot the thistles and the nettles? It's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can do that. It will draw someone out of this death, out of this sexual promiscuity, this homosexuality, this transgenderism and abortion. It is only the love of God. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ sets men free. You're not going to win an argument with these people. You're not, because a depraved mind is not changed by logic. It can only be changed by God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, who was a, I would call him a hero of the Holocaust, um, tried to take down Adolf Hitler himself, Uh, spoke these words, we are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice, we are to drive a spoke in the wheel itself. That spoke is the gospel. It's the only thing. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, 
your strength is small. The day of adversity in context here is not the day that you lose your job. The day of adversity is not the day where you've been given a death sentence because you have cancer. Though both of those things are painful and tragic, it's not what the adversity is being spoken of here. The adversity being spoken of is when you witness the intentional killing of innocent human beings. On that day, if you shrink back in fearful self-preservation, your faith is weak and God-belittling. The opposite is expected of those who have been called from this darkness into his glorious light. Proverbs 24, 11, here's where the true context is found. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Martin Luther King Jr. said, he who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps perpetrate it. How do we fix the abortion rate, the gospel? How do we keep fathers from abandoning mothers and children, the gospel? How do we fix the government, the gospel? How is a depraved mind made new again? The gospel. We've got to remember we're not here to win the political arguments. Not one political figure has done enough to fight abortion. Not one. It hasn't mattered who controlled the White House. It hasn't mattered who controlled the Congress or the Senate. We've been slaughtering babies the whole time. That's the truth. We've got a bunch of frauds running this country. They don't worship God. They might say they do to get your vote, and you'll put their signs in your yard. What if our yard said, Choose this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Instead of we serve the Republican Party or we serve the Democratic Party, what if it just said we serve God, the God of the Bible? You think they'd vandalize your Republican sign? You made me lose my spot. Oh, yeah, I was talking about government. <laughs> Here's the truth, and then I, want you to look, I want you to look inside your heart and be really honest with yourself here. You either believe the gospel has full power, or you don't believe the gospel. That's it. Changed hearts are the only hope we have, and the only heart changer is the gospel. That's it. So here's the thing. It'd be really easy, and I would get a lot of amens if I just stood up here and just ran over how the world lives. The world's going to live like the world. I don't know why we get surprised at that all the time. I can't believe the world is sinning. Really? That's what the world does. That's what we did when we were in the world, right? What bothers me is when the church doesn't act like the church, right? So for a Christian, 
to ignore the call of preaching the gospel or sharing the gospel is to abort the soul of an image bearer of God. How pro-life are you? How many times have we ignored the lost soul's right to choose life? How pro-life are you? Are you the stork or the ostrich of the gospel? How many times have you kicked the egg off the nest in order to incubate the things of the world? I promise you this. I believe this beyond the shadow of a doubt. More people would choose life if they knew what true life really was. We won't have a truly moral society until we have a gospel-loving, Christ-serving society. And I'm convinced that so many people would be 100% okay with a moral, godless society. Right? We would be okay if everyone made the right choices and didn't serve God. And you see, that, that's a bold thing to say. That, that, that's kind of a, a funny thing to say, but I want to tell you how I came to that conclusion because I see how people talk. Even on this, not one mention of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If God saves the soul of a father and a mother walking into a clinic, he saves the life of a child and 90-some percent likely for that child to then serve Christ. How pro-life are you? Ma'am, I know, I know you know that's a life. Let me tell you about Jesus. Sir, I know you know that's a life. I know I'm not going to argue that with you. Let me tell you about Jesus who redeems and sets free and washes away guilt and washes away like we, we, we've got to be so careful in how we handle this because and this is this so true is people will do this if if this issue goes down people will still kill their babies you make sure they still know where to find Christ you make sure they still know that there is a Jesus who died, who shed his innocent blood to forgive their shedding of innocent blood. He is the redeemer of all. How pro-life are you? Let's pray.
God, I thank you for the gospel that makes all things new. The gospel that saved us in our darkest time and is still just as capable as saving other people in their darkest times. God, as Pastor Kevin said, we, we stand at the opening of an awakening. God, I think that door swings open when the church truly becomes pro-life. When we truly step up and take care of the widows and take care of the orphans and open our doors, our homes, our churches, our hearts to the hurting, the broken, the sin, the sinful. God, as a, we, be, we become so offended. And that's, that's okay. But God, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In them, So God, might our conversation be light and seasoned with salt. If we point our finger, help us to point it to the cross where there is forgiveness and redemption and where life is found that can be passed down to generation after generation after generation. Lord, the easy thing for us to do is vote and might we do that. But the effective thing for us to do is to preach the gospel. And might we be found where you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production.